Want big savings on best-in-class supplements? From November 21st to 28th, you can save 25% on all of Bioptimizer's products. No restrictions and no limits. This is their biggest sale of the year, and it won't happen again until 2023, which means right now is the best time to stock up on Magnesium Breakthrough, P3OM Probiotics, Mass Zymes, and more. Just go to www.bioptimizers.com slash podcast 10 and enter podcast 10 for 25% off any order during 2022 Black Friday, November 21st through 28th. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our Black Friday sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery on all Smart Beds when you add a base. And Cyber Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Pop, the History Makers, with me, Steve Blame. Rasmus, or Raz Linville, is best known as half of the production team, Rob and Raz. With singer Leila Kay, they scored an international hit with Got to Get, a track that charted in 1989 all over Europe and the US. Raz is still producing music, amongst others, with Papa D, who was the very first artist he worked with at Telegram Records, in a career that now stretches well over 30 years. Raz, you do not look a day older or a day younger. You don't look any different. Thank you. You were a big part of my early days on MTV because of your music and your music was featured and also going to Stockholm. So this is a great pleasure for me. But I want to really go back and start at the beginning. And if you can tell me a little bit about your upbringing and what sort of music your parents listened to and when your taste started to, to diverge from theirs. Yeah, actually, my father never listened to any kind of popular music, only classical music, uh, except for one artist. And that was because a, ta- a cassette tape was stuck in a bar, uh, a car he bought. And it was John Denver. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, so, and then he started listening to John Denver, and each summer it was a cab, you know. So we went listening to John Denver, and the first time he he because he collected music boxes, uh, he had the biggest uh, music box collection uh, in uh, Europe and a museum. So he was in a television show once, and uh, uh, Phil Collins uh, here in Stockholm, Phil Collins were there too. And uh, Phil Collins were warming up and my father said to him, I like you, you can be something in the future. You sound just like my fa- favorite John Denver. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my mod- mother was a dancer in uh, cabarets and stuff like that. Uh, so she, uh, she was more into uh, a little jazz and stuff like that. So, the, uh, but otherwise it actually it was more classical music in my home. So what was the sort of first record that you, you brought home, that you bought? Uh, first of all, the, it, it was, I mean, it was expensive to buy a record, but uh, I remember uh, I wanted to be a DJ early. So I had my first uh, DJ gig when I was 11 at the local school. And then I actually got a job uh, 
uh, every Thursday at the disco for young people. Uh, so about 12, I was uh, quite a popular DJ in my town. And, uh, uh, but one of the first uh, records was um, uh, automatic. Uh, what was the groom's uh, Feel me, hear me, da, da, da. Automatic Lover, Cliff Richard, uh, uh, Cliff Richard, We Don't Talk Anymore was, uh, I just got uh, hooked by that song. So th that's two of the ones I remember. Your mother sounds like she was sort of in, a, in a, a cultural sort of scene in a way, by the way you describe her. Were you around people who were doing things culturally as a, as a young child? Yeah, a little by that, but she at that time she had quit doing that. She was home with us, but she they they also had an understanding for us developing our music skills and and uh, so I went to take piano lessons and drum playing drums and I was forced by my mother to play the piano. I was crying, you know, when when I was eight years old and went there because I want to play the drums, you know. Uh, but she let me play the drums. Uh, and uh, then we uh, moved to a bigger house when I was like uh, 10 years old. And uh, then me and my brothers had a music room and uh, it was uh, sound um, proof from the rest of the, the house. So we, and we had some means. So I got my drums and there was a piano and my brother played the guitar. So they really uh, enthusiasm the music uh, from the beginning. So they were very encouraging that, 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 yeah, that they really yeah, yeah. wanted you to be involved in music. What was Swedish music at the time of your upbringing? At the time also, if we go back when I was uh, 13, 14 and 15, uh, they, they were encouraging the DJing too, you know. But uh, at that point I got uh, uh, a job Wednesday, Friday, Saturday at a club that had 18 years age because they had the right to serve alcohol and I was 15. And at that time I went to school and my, uh, my father said, uh, you can't work nights and go to school at the same time. And I said, uh, yes, I can. And I show him my grades and I say, I have the best grades in all uh, uh, in the whole school. But uh, so promise if I can keep DJing at nights and keep my grades, uh, the, uh, if I don't do it, then you can tell me to stop. And he said, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> what sort of music did you orient towards? I, I'm, I'm almost, the, the thing is I was playing in rock bands, symphonic rock, and I like uh, uh, Saga and uh, Rush and stuff like that when we were playing in the band. But I also, my heart was, divided so i also have this thing for dance music and a lot of djs in sweden played a lot of rock and i i was trying to play more soul uh, funk uh, old james brown and more rhythmical music so i was looking at uh, even at an early age at uh, the uh, r&b stuff and soul funk that came from the united states uh, like sap roger troutman and uh, stuff like that and so I had to mix it in a little in the in the sets and start mi uh, mission my uh, work, you know, like a missionary. The, yeah, I play some rock songs here, but you have to listen to this too. 
And uh, a lot of uh, people start enjoying it because at that time, in the beginning, we didn't have so, any radio to speak of, you know, and television, two channels before MTV came. So you have to buy the vinyls and, and just play it in the clubs. What year was this? What sort of years? Was this the early 80s? Um, yeah, uh, 80, 82, 83. Because in, it was in the 80s that Sweden, Sweden was changing quite dramatically. I mean, you had like um, the diversification of the culture in Sweden because of people coming from different countries, which happened, you know, in, in the 60s and 70s and Sweden was changing. Um, and you also had... Uh, a change in a big change in in the music scene. How aware were you that there was something there, sort of bubbling under and coming up? Uh, yeah, it's true uh, that what you say. We had a lot of influences from whole, the whole world, and and then we also had the Swedish folk music, like and ABBA and stuff like that, that to look back. But at that time, ABBA was everybody hated ABBA in Sweden. Uh, because uh, I don't know why, but, but then it changed. And then also we had in Sweden uh, music classes in school. And we also had one thing that was very special that uh, uh, you could apply if you were a band and you rented a, a, a place to rehearse or something, you can apply for some money from the government to make rehearsals and stuff like that. So and buy instruments. So a lot of bands started like that. I was in a band uh, and we shared the same place to rehearse like, uh, with the Europe when I was in a rock band. And we were the better band uh, than Europe, but they had this great looking uh, singer and we didn't have a good singer. So, I mean, we went like this and they went like this. <laughs> when did you meet Robert? Uh, we knew each other uh, as DJs because we played in these uh, clubs that started to get dance music oriented that we went funk. And then I uh, worked at a record store which uh, uh, called uh, Vinyl Mania in Stockholm and every DJ in uh, Sweden went there to buy the records. And he was uh, in there and uh, then he participated in the Swedish DJ mixing championships at 87 and I was in the jury and uh, he didn't do so well uh, there. Uh, but then we start giving each other some gigs, you know, uh, can you take uh, this club and I take that one. Uh, and he said he's going to participate 88 in the uh, DJ mixing championships and he did and he won uh, in Sweden and he went to Royal Albert Hall, you know, to the DMC. Uh, competition and uh, at that time we start talk talking um, about doing something together and I won the same thing uh, Swedish uh, championships 89 and went to uh, London uh, Royal Albert Hall and the DMC championships and due, between 88 89 we start forming the uh, the concept of Robin Ras. What connected you do you think what so, what sort of music were you both into and what did you feel really connected you was it was it actually a specific type of music that you that you wanted to make together or was it just the idea of let's let's work together and try and be successful what was the goal uh, well yeah everything just 
kind of got together in uh, in some coincidences because we played a lot of funk, soul, and also dance music, and we had this. Uh, uh british the bomb the bass and stuff like that a lot of djs start doing uh, uh music with samples and stuff like that and uh, at the record store that i worked uh, a guy comes in and leave a note i was at lunch and he said uh, i want uh, a dj or some djs to start producing music because that's what they do in england and that guy was a uh, class lunding and he had just started Telegram Records and signed the TTU, Papadi, Space Lab, Jon Rekdal. And uh, so the, the other guy in the record said, maybe this is something for you and Rob. And uh, so I called the Klaus Lunding and say, let's have a meeting and uh, see what we can do. And he had just started up. And uh, so we went to his very small apartment in Stockholm. It's a one room apartment. And we said, yeah, we can do this. Uh, and he, he said, yeah, maybe you can do a song with Papadi. And we said, yes, of course, uh, uh, where's the studio? And I said, yeah, I, I, I don't have a, a studio. Okay, so where's, uh, can you book a studio? No, I don't have any money. So how, how do we do this? <laughs> well, you have to fix it on your own. And because we were very talented at the DJ thing with scratching and stuff like that, uh, people will start calling us uh, to uh, apply uh, scratches and stuff on remixes and production. And we said, yes, we can do that. Uh, how much money do we want? And we said, no, we want studio time. And that's how we got to get studio time and start working together. I think this was in 88, wasn't it? It was actually before yeah. you were at the DMC. Can you yeah. tell me, because um, I watched that this morning, can you tell me about your set and what you actually played because it's even today to look at that to see you do that it's, it's an, a, an amazing achievement and and it's it's really incredible so can you tell me a little bit about that um performance as it were yeah the thing was that you had seven minutes you, you know and you had to the skills st started just a few years ago to really get very uh, in the whole world i mean it's everybody was improving their skills so before uh, uh, doing this competition, it was like a boxer going to world championships. I trained like eight hours every day and uh, also tried to find the music uh, that was um, with the good sounds of making cuts and stuff like that, but also interesting from uh, the beginning to seven minutes. Uh, so, um, uh, and and uh, we tried to develop some new techniques and skills. Uh, and we had also, um, actually 88, when uh, Rob participated, he, he ended his uh, thing uh, with uh, playing on an old uh, Deep Purple record. Uh, the smoke on the water and then had another Def Jam record and played the melody and that was the thing I had uh, in my program the year before and people were writing all this hip hop magazine ah that's a new technique from Sweden you can play tones and stuff like that Want big savings on best in class supplements? From November 21st to 28th you can save 25% on all of Bioptimizer's products 
no restrictions and no limits. This is their biggest sale of the year, and it won't happen again until 2023, which means right now is the best time to stock up on Magnesium Breakthrough, P3OM Probiotics, Masszymes, and more. Just go to www.bioptimizers.com slash podcast10 and enter podcast10 for 25% off any order during 2022 Black Friday, November 21st through 28th. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our Black Friday sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery on all Smart Beds when you add a base. And Cyber Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Pop, The History Makers, with me, Steve Blame. A few years before, I think it was in 85, that the sort of the basis of Sweemix yeah. uh, came about when um, Sten Halstrom had talked about that the American and British remix scene was shit and mm. that, um, or sucked, he actually said, and that people needed uh, hot remixes of indi- individual tracks rather than a medley of hits. How aware were you of what was going on there and this sort of this sort of movement that was also it's in parallel to yours in a sense this sort of movement how aware were you that there were really things like a like a scene bubbling in in sweden yeah i, I mean it's very uh, sweden is very small and uh, we and swimix worked together and we were uh, um, competitors so uh, uh, dr alban for instance he lived i was friends with him uh, like uh, when he was a dentist and we we uh, he had clubs and stuff like that and i rented out equipment to him and uh, swimix also went to this record store vinyl mania and uh, some of them like dennis pop and me uh, we changed dj gigs uh, i i put him on dj sets in my clubs and the same so we knew each other and then they start most doing remixes and we did remixes also, but we wanted to do our original music. And then, so we were like uh, competitive friends. And, and then in this uh, store, Vinyl Mania, uh, they had an office and only Robin Rass and Swimix could go into the office because they had some special records there. And they had this whiteboard so me and Rob went to buy records and then we uh, did funny pictures like Swimix. They were begging for food and Rob and Raz, they were swimming in dollars and made success and everything. And then when we come back, Swimix had done the same thing with us. But it was uh, comp- competition with heart. So we, uh, so we knew each other very well and went to a- each other's club. And actually when we started program our first songs uh, we landed their stu- studio for free and uh, and we also helped them with some stuff so we, we were very close before that because i remember that the id magazine they had a cover didn't they in, in i think it was in 87 which was about nordic beat and i think camilla was on the cover actually la camilla and yeah. it was uh talking about um Swimix at that time but telegram was sort of like the last key in the in in the puzzle 
sort of thing. Yeah. It was the last piece of the puzzle for that to come together. Um, you said at the start you worked uh, with Papa D in, in, in the studio and you made two tracks with him. Um, yeah. Can you tell me what you made and what the influence of, in that music was? Yeah, we had just started out. And at that time, Robin Rass was pure hip hop. And hip hop was, uh, we, we, the years before, in the beginning of the 80s, we went to uh, New York uh, uh, and we went to a lot of clubs in Harlem. And they, we were the only white people there because uh, we, we got to know uh, Ice T and Just Ice. and and they respected us a little like DJs. So we, we could get a lot, lot of influence from uh, the American hip hop style. So, so we wanted to do something downbeat uh, and, and uh, sort of, uh, so when we started pr producing the beats, we wanted it to be heavy and hip hop uh, style, uh, even though we went to the club and played house in the evening. Uh, that's what we uh, thought that we was Robin Rass was going to be a hip hop band. The what the album, the Eric B and Rakim album. How yeah. much of that of, of an influence was that on you? Because many uh, artists cite that album as being really sort of fu of fundamental importance to their development. How yeah, important I mean, was it to you? Just you name it, I get the goosebumps because. It was very important. First of all, the beats and the productions and also uh, the way he rapped and everything. Uh, we were like stunned. And uh, th that was uh, uh, like a eye opener for us. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's still great. So how did it make you change? What did you change in what you were doing and, and, and develop from that, from Paid in Four? Yeah, they, uh, we had this uh, studio that we could lend if we scratch at the productions and stuff. And, and, and we uh, we programmed our beats a little. But I had this idea to make an up-tempo song uh, with, uh, and I had this melody. And actually, I never told anyone this, but uh, it's it's uh, since it's not a theft. The inspiration from that, I thought, uh, because at that time I was a lot into Minneapolis and uh, it's nasty uh, girl from Prince, is it? It's Prince's. Uh, no, like more it? uh, more Sheila E. Uh, uh, a love bizarre. Ah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Because I could play that in it was that tempo, and I also the, she had the melody. Ta -na -na -na, ta -ta -na 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 -na. I thought that that's so brilliant to make. A... So so we went into the studio and we worked with two engineers, uh, and uh, we had this, the beats programmed. And uh, I said the melody is going to be like this, and I played it on an organ. And these uh, engineers, they, they are very famous now in uh, as producer, but and they have been to the st states and they listen to it and say, is that so? Is that so cool, really? Couldn't you make it more? No, no, it should be like this. And I was like, let's do this, let's do this. Uh, it's going to be, be great when we take in the live brass and everything. And they were like shaking their heads. Uh, but, and then uh, me and Rob was, at the first, maybe because we uh, didn't know Leila at that time, uh, and it, we 
we're about to make a third thing with Papa D. And uh, Rob, I mean, we had fights over this every day because he, he thought the, the song was too corny and we should be hardcore hip hop, you know. And I say, but, but I mean, let's, it's gonna, let's do it. It's, it's just for fun. And, but maybe if we find a girl to do it, it, it will, I mean, take off the hip hop thing. It's gonna be more poppy and stuff like that. So where did you find Layla? Well, we have two versions. The, uh, the, um, the, the official version in the beginning, the first 20 years, uh, is uh, semi-true. And uh, because uh, she participated in a rap contest and we were in the jury and uh, she came second and uh, we signed her because we thought that was uh, a great story. But actually, a, a guy rapper from uh, a male rapper from Gothenburg had sent me this tape with three songs before that, and at uh, just in a bridge, like uh, fifteen seconds, uh, Leila appears and doing something. So I, I had already heard her before this, uh, and so I had her in my mind and. Uh, when she went to this rap com competition, I, we could also see her. So then we thought, yes, uh, let's try her. How old was Leila Kay at that time? 17, I think. What, 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 a, what appealed to you, not just about her rapping and her voice, but what else appealed to you that made you think this could be you know, successful with Leila Kay? Uh, actually, um, the things the things r really happened very fast because we saw her did a, she performed and she had some charisma at stage, and she looked uh, really good to do something pop stuff like that. So that and I had heard her voice, but we didn't know anything about her uh, except from that. So. Uh, uh, because in that time, nobody, even the small record companies had no money, producers, DJs had no money. Uh, we, we tried to get extra DJ sets to pay for studios. And so studio time was the, uh, the key, you know, and it was so expensive to rent a studio. So uh, we called her, uh, she was living in Gothenburg and, and uh, we said, we have this song, can you, we buy you some uh, train tickets and we try try out in the studio. And uh, we just picked her up at the station. I say, hi, I, uh, I'm Ras, this is Rob, get in, get on the mic. And this, and we even ha had to find a, a friend to, we had written some lyrics, uh, but another friend, uh, MC2 Fresh to write, he had a lunch break, break from his job. Uh, so he, he wrote the rest of the rhymes. So we, we, didn't, we, we didn't have time to, you know, small chat or anything like that. You're listening to Pop, The History Makers, with me, Steve Blame. Was she confident and tough, or was, or was this sort of a, a shy, different type of girl at the beginning? She didn't say anything, and we only discussed the timing of the rhymes and stuff like that. And uh, we did actually, of course, uh, from the beginning, uh, the song was called On and On, 
and the, uh, the chorus was not got to get. And, and uh, the verses were good, and she went back to uh, Gothenburg, but this chorus with on and on and on, on and on and on, like, it, and it was, uh, no, it, it won't do it. So then we took another uh, train ticket a week later, and uh, we recorded this got to get. But still uh, the same thing that we, uh, we, we never talked or went out for a dinner or we just focused on on the studio hour so we and she was uh, she was working hard in the studio and that that's all now you said that the success came very quickly can you tell me about how that process was and how quick it was yeah first of all uh, nobody in sweden had uh, had any success abroad with dance music so or rap. Uh, I mean, we had uh, ABBA, of course, and uh, some other things, and also Roxette was doing great with the pop thing in in United States. But um, uh, so no, nobody really thought it it was possible. But 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 we were uh, since we had DJ DJ that made these things in London, and uh, we were aiming at the world, and we were, we we really wanted to do something in, international. And uh, when we started, the song came together, uh, the record company and the publisher, they, they thought, I mean, this is going to be a hit. Uh, this is great. And I, I was like, uh, I, not so sure because uh, nobody has ever done it. So we always were very self-critic. Uh, I mean, as Robin Rass's team, we had unreleased a thousand songs because May, we, we don't think it's good and they say yeah yeah but, so, and we send it around and um, and then uh, we mixed it and um, that, that's uh, and, and we send it to a record company and that's where it started was there any what you know was there any sort of special marketing method of promoting it in Britain because a lot of artists outside of Britain and I've, you know, I saw that with, with people like Snap would have like a fictional studio in Brixton <laughs> where the record was made to sort of suggest it was connected to Britain. But what, were there any special sort of marketing tricks around, around the song at that time? Or was it, you know, purely the truth and it went by itself? Yeah, first, first of all, how we came to uh, get signed by Arista at that time. It, it's uh, the worst uh, coincidence story ever. It was like this, another guy uh, in Sweden called Jeppe Eakholm. He was with Simia Hamilton in this uh, house group, Clubland. They had some, <clears throat> some uh, popular song, dance songs. And his um, interest was like, and the side business was exporting a 12 inch record to the UK. Uh, to uh, DJ stores and stuff like that in London. So he he took some Swedish uh, uh, 12 inch from Swimix and from us, and he exported like 10 copies there and 15 of this, very small scale. So, uh, and one uh, record, uh, so, so we didn't have a, a contract then uh, abroad. Uh, 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 or and just in Sweden, and um, 
So Didier pick, picked this uh, record up, he listens to it, and uh, he works in a pub in London. Uh, and uh, at the evening, he, he plays the record. And in that pub, in the same building, uh, uh, I think Gary Davis, the radio DJ, he lived in, in, in that. Uh, so he went near, after work, you know, for a pint, and he heard this song that uh, he haven't heard before. And he was like into everything. So he goes to the DJ and say, what, what is this? I don't know. It says Stockholm on it. Uh, can I borrow the record? I want to play it in my morning show. And then uh, he took the record and uh, in the morning show, he said, yeah, something new from Sweden. You haven't heard this one before. I, I want to be the first. And he plays it. And in, in the car, listening to his morning show, there is this guy uh, that have a friend uh, working at Arista Records called Chris Cook, who is an A&R. So he calls this guy and says, you got to listen to this re uh, the morning show. And he comes in at the uh, half, I mean, 30 seconds left of the song. And, uh, and uh, then he started to, yeah, it sounds good. I'm, I'm going to find this. And then he started uh, investigating in Sweden, who is Robin Rass and who is Leila Kay and what, what is the record company. And that's how we got signed to Arista UK at first. And on part two, Raz continues the story of what happened with Leila Kay and talks about his later success with Deflex and Lutricia McNeil and where he is in his life today. Want big savings on best-in-class supplements? From November 21st to 28th, you can save 25% on all of Bioptimizer's products. No restrictions and no limits. This is their biggest sale of the year, and it won't happen again until 2023, which means right now is the best time to stock up on Magnesium Breakthrough, P3OM Probiotics, Masszymes, and more. Just go to www.bioptimizers.com slash podcast 10 and enter podcast 10 for 25% off any order during 2022 Black Friday, November 21st through 28th. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our Black Friday sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery on all Smart Beds when you add a base. And Cyber Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. 
online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.